to Manchester is Red. I'm James Robson. With me is Samuel Luckhurst, wearing pink today. Yes. And Kieran Kelly, looking very Gallic. In Thank a you. Black and white, horizontal striped, long sleeve t shirt. Is that a scoop neck? Yeah, I think you call it. I wouldn't go yeah. quite as far as that. I'm yeah. not Geordie, but. Uh... Does the job for today. Yeah, you look like you could be riding a bike through yeah. France. You're giving listeners some lovely images <laughs> of Hollywood right now. So. All right, well, let's move on quickly. <laughs> Enough about fashion, but I'm wearing a dark blue shirt and uh, beige trousers. Uh, okay, transfer deadline coming up tomorrow. Forgive us if you're listening to this next week or Friday or, or whenever isn't tomorrow before 11 a.m., but indulge us anyway. We're expecting a quiet deadline day, aren't we? Yes, uh, that's been one of the main uh, things that Mourinho's brought in, the deadline day additions. Those days seem over now for United, even though there's that one more player that he does want. He's been quite calm about it. He's to the point of like unconcerned about it even. Um, it's a bit different from last year where they did get their four players and they were still in the market for one more. But I think as Gary Neville said, the, the the start of the season that players like Rashford and Martial, even Matter on the other wing have made has has offset that need somewhat. And Mourinho's even altered his description of the kind of play he wanted because it was pretty clear um, I think when we were in Salt Lake City they thought they might get Perisic since then not heard any more about it. So they were clearly looking at other options. Danny Rose was one, but not for this year, it's for next year. So I think it's it reflects well on United that even though they've not got that fourth player, they've still managed to provide that additional boost with Ibrahimovic coming in. Uh, they've got the same amount of players, I think, that he started last season or ended the transfer window with uh, last season. I think it's a 27-man squad, which should be enough to, to offset any injuries that they might come across, even though you've got Ibrahimovic and Rojo out at the moment. Uh, it still wouldn't surprise me if they do dip into the market in January because he did want to do that this year and for whatever reason it never happened and they're in a position now where they are looking very strong and, and very formidable but I can understand why there is this, you know, certainly among supporters there's a clamour for a fourth player uh, particularly when you've got someone like Sanchez who's available because I think he's the kind of player who could just transform into you know, into a title winning side. Cliché alert, Kieran, yes. early on. There might be a few more as we go on. They've, Mourinho's got, it looks like, extra players without signing extra players. Yes. If, if you indulge me for a moment. Pogba already looks more than he was last season. He's been released, hasn't he, by, yeah, by Matic. Yeah, I also think he's been a bit released by uh, Ibrahimovic not being there. Him taking on that responsibility of really been yeah. a fulcrum. Uh, Martial is not the player he was last season, is he? No. Already looks like, maybe not twice the player, but looks more like the player Mourinho yeah. wants. Yeah. So straight away, they are like new signings, aren't they? Yeah, um, I suppose you can read into it a bit early, um, given we're only three league games into the season, to say that Martial's made a huge difference to last season. But in that short space of time, you see such promising signs. Um, I think that grown French contingent now is, is starting to come together as a bit of a click, but a healthy click. And, um, you know, given how there's a lot of Spanish players there and, of course, the British contingent, that's a real positive for him going forward. I think he's got a manager now who firmly believes in him, who um, is starting to give away signs that 
you know, Martial's on the right track going forward. Um, you know, he had that first start of the season against Leicester after those two brilliant substitute appearances and he really, really got the fans off the edge of their seats in those first 45 minutes. It looks one, like a game changer, doesn't it? Yeah, and one of the heartening things as well that you can start to see him fit in that Mourinho template is he's he's starting to dig in a bit, he's showing that resilience and there was one passage of play where he tracked back and completely clattered Danny Simpson, albeit legally, and uh, it was literally centimetres from Mourinho. And those are things maybe we wouldn't have associated with Martial 12 months ago, 24 months ago, and, and that's really heartening to see. Um, and with Pogba as well, as you touched on, he, he's got that talisman role. He's very much looking like the on-the-field leader and, and kind of all the plays revolving around him. And when we talked so much last season about oh, what system gets the best out of him, you'd argue 4-2-3-1 doesn't, but it's quite, again, heartening to see that he, he's thriving in that role, um, being kind of let loose and allowing... Matic to hold the fort and to such an extent where you're wondering well when is Ander Herrera going to get back in the team the player of the year and you're, you're thinking well when are United going to need to go to 4-3-3 probably when they play one of the bigger teams which obviously is a, a long while away yet Pogba was for anyone who would listen to me was my prediction to be player of the season uh, I thought he got way too hard a time last season I think he was anywhere near as bad as, made, as was made out at the start of this season, I don't think there's another midfielder in the country who can do what Paul Pogba does. I'd, I'd go along with that. I think you look at the other major clubs, even though there are terrific midfielders in those those teams, like Chan, for instance, at a, at a good game at the weekend, but Pogba is a game-changer. There is this ongoing debate. I mean, world-class debates are quite tedious, I think, and, and Pogba, it's one that changes every, you know, every two or three months or so, purely because of the price tag, but the fact that he's no longer got that weighing him down. I think it did weigh him down to the extent that he was trying... We saw it a couple of times the first half of the weekend where he started trying pop shots because he felt this obligation to do something himself because he was the main man. He did that a lot more frequently last season. He's not doing that anymore. That whole pressure on him, it's it's pretty much gone already, which is, is quite remarkable considering he's only been back at United a year. But... £89 million, pounds, I think Mourinho said it himself a few months ago, it looks cheap and I'd go along with that for what he brings to that team and he is capable of digging in as well and tracking back, I thought in the Europa League final, the, the discipline he showed the way they got the midfield ready to um, I think it was Davinson Sanchez the, the defender they Mourinho told them, give allow him to have the ball because his passing isn't good enough and Pogba was really well drilled for that and that wasn't something usually associated with him but he's clearly taken that on board as Mourinho keeps on saying repeatedly the pre-season has helped as well because this telepathy that Pogba's now got with Lukaku was honed there Um, as as Kieran touched upon the Gallic contingent has really come to the fore I think last season pretty much every Spanish speaker at United played really well uh, whether it was Romero or Mata or Herrera, and now it's this this you know, French-speaking contingent, which is probably going to be buoyed by Ibrahimovic as well uh, as as the leader of the pack. So it is interesting looking at United's midfield that Pogba is playing so well with just Matic behind him, whereas last season uh, that City game he was when when they lost two one he completely abandoned Fellaini and City tore through them and I think that's probably going to be the big test what Mourinho does when I think probably the October game against Liverpool when they go there 
that's an occasion where you bring Herrera back in because he's going to be so integral to how United do in that game. And he's also the kind of player who can play box, box to box, but he's going to be disciplined enough to sit beside Matic and allow Pogba to have that licence to, to get forward without you know, feeling shackled. We've got a brilliant craft beer offer for Manchester is Red listeners. We've teamed up with Beer52.com, who have a great new way to discover the best small breweries from home and abroad. And by joining their beer club, you can get expert selected case of different styles delivered to your home every month. And just for listeners of Manchester is Red, we've managed to secure an amazing deal, a case of eight mystery beers for free. It's normally £24 a case, but all you need to pay this time is £5.95 for postage. Just use the code MANU, or one word, at Beer52.com to get stuck in. Is it unfair to say that Herrera is no longer in United's strongest eleven? I know it seems weird to say because he was the player of the year last season. A load of fans love him. But when I'm looking at that United team now to go out in any game and win, I'm not sure he's in it. I think that this this sounds very contrary, but I'd say that Mourinho's kind of like got three first 11s now. There's a 3-5-2, there's a 4-2-3-1. And there's a 4-3-3, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think last season, the problem he had at the start was that he was tinkering with the attack too much. And I think in four draws, he played the same front six over about a two- or three-month period. And with Herrera, with 4-3-3, you bring him in, certainly. Uh, With 3-5-2, it's debatable as well. It'd be interesting to see when Mourinho does actually go back to that formation, because it didn't work against Real Madrid, although... You had no buy-in, no Jones, and and Herrera did get swamped in that game. But at the moment, looking to certainly the games next month, would you bring him back in at Stoke? You probably wouldn't. You wouldn't bring him in, I don't think, in the Champions League open as well because you're at home and you want to you know, go out there and attack and, and, and set the tone. So it's not unfair, but it's he's got to be careful in a way, Mourinho, because Herrera has technically entered the last... 12 months of his contract and he is a player who, who's capable of getting a very good move and the, the Valverde factor at, at Barcelona will keep on coming up but as far as I'm aware he's focused on staying at United I don't think his recent situation would have changed that either Fantasy football time mm-hmm. to be honest I now look at it and I think transfer deadline day I don't think United particularly need anyone because it started so well the squad looks so balanced I think if Luke Shaw can come back and do what we think he can do I think that negates the need for a, for a left back or left wing back but that's a big if of course but if you could sign one player dream world although I'm taking out Messi and Ronaldo they're not allowed yeah, yeah, yeah. so any player but Messi and Ronaldo and Neymar now we'll take him out as well any player but Messi, Ronaldo and Neymar <laughs> <laughs> And Suarez. And Suarez. Basically all the best players. Yeah. (laughs) If you could sign one, who would it be? Uh, Ivan Perisic. No, no. Um, (laughs) I would would go for Griezmann. I think come next summer, um, it'd be a big surprise if they didn't go in for him again. I think that stellar name, that proven player with still so much hunger and still so much maybe to prove in winning major, major trophies, he'd be a really good addition. I think he'd fit into that side again with those those French players and um, his bond with Pogba it'd be so exciting to watch him you know drifting inside doing what Matt has done but to a whole new level with regard to a goal threat it'd be fantastic if they could bring him in um, so he'd be my pick I think yeah. Samuel? 
Griezmann's realistic, but I'd say Hazard, which is is unrealistic. <laughs> it's, it's completely unrealistic, but every time I watch him, I kind of see why Ferguson wanted him in, in 2012, and I keep on thinking, why why didn't they try a little bit more to get him as well? Uh, I just think he's he, he's a game-changer. There aren't many players like him who dribble as dexterously as he does, and th- that goal against Arsenal last season stands out. I know he's had his flaky moments, but... I think in the Premier League there are a handful of world-class players and, and he's one of them. And Yeah, it, 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 would, it would probably be Hazard for me because he is a pure winger as well. And it was strange Mourinho said last week or the week before, I have pure wingers. And you look at his squad and you think, well, the, the only one is probably Ashley Young still. I mean, Martial started out as a centre-forward. So they do still need that wide option. And, and as you say, I mean, as, as much as everybody wants Luke Shaw to kick on and... And become the player everyone knows that he can become. It's it's still very much stacked against him, and he's still got a long way to go to to cement himself as a first team at United. Well, I would go for. I agree with you on on Griezmann. Not Perisic. Uh, not Perisic. No, <laughs> not Perisic before they're interested in him. Not, <laughs> not per, Perisic during or or after uh, or Gareth Bale. Yeah. Uh, which I think will be very interesting last summer, uh, next summer because I think both of those could very well be available and it will be interesting to see what route they go down there. But as we've mentioned already, it's been a great start. The squad looks perfectly balanced. How would, how would you judge this start so far? Was it 10 goals, three yeah. games? Yeah, I think there are parallels to be made with last season and it's not been a surprise that Jose Mourinho's done that. Um, you know, you've had similar opposition you know, last season. You'd... Bournemouth, Southampton and Hull and kind of similar scenarios the the Hull game last season you know Rashford rescued them at the death um, at Les- against Leicester you had Rashford coming on and making the difference again but there's a little bit more of a kind of assurance and um, you know swagger about United this season that they're they're able to score a lot more goals without necessarily hitting the the heights that maybe they should be hitting. You think of that Leicester game, the first half was probably one of the more better halves of football um, of the season, yet they had no goals to show for it. But rather than panicking, they they kept trying. Um, You know, he had a bench this time that really changed the game. And there are those parallels with last season that, um, you know, he just seemed to have more about them in Mourinho's second season when he can really put his stamp on this team and, they have that flexibility now to to mix it up and to change things, and that's a huge difference. Where you're not just relying on the route one of, you know, Zlatan's mood and his his form. You you've got so many different players that can pop up, uh, particularly with Mkhitaryan, someone who, um, you know, at times can be completely out of a game, and then we've seen in the past two games he's purposely left him on, um, and that brain coming to the forefront again, pulling out these assists. It's 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 amazing, really. Whereas you look at someone like Mata, he's proven that he's at his best when he's starting a game because he, he's like a terrier. He's, he's, he's rustling around and then you can bring on the pace, um, whether it's Martial or Rashford. So he's hitting upon these combinations early doors, which is really encouraging for Manchester United fans. And when you think now, he, he probably does know a settled first eleven where very few fans will dispute it now. And that wasn't always the case last season. So I think going into now, you know, seven games in September, there's a real chance to maintain that form. And um, I think with 
losing that game against City last season, they never really recovered. I think they only won two of their next 10 games. Whereas now you think a defeat wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world. They have enough about them to bounce back. They don't play uh, what you would call a genuine top four side or top four contender to Liverpool in October. That's very dangerous for opposition teams, isn't it? Because if you let Mourinho get momentum going, it's very hard to stop. Yeah, um, you look at his three title-winning seasons at Chelsea, I think in 04-05, the first and only defeat that league season was at City in October. I think the season after that, it was the Fletcher game at United in November. And then 2014-15, I think it was only those games at United and, and City where they dropped points in their first 10 games or something like that. And come January time, everybody knew that they were going to win the league, even though in the second half of that season, they didn't perform particularly well, Chelsea. So he has form for that. And United did have a similar fixture advantage, I think, the second half of last season, where whereby after they played Liverpool in January, they didn't play a top six side until April. And they just didn't capitalise on that because the games started coming thick and fast, the injuries mounted up, they kept on having the dominant draws at home. But but something does feel a bit different about them this time. And I think the next game's at Stoke. You see how well, how, how dominant anyway Arsenal were at Stoke, yet they managed to clutch defeat from the jewels of victory. You can't really see United doing that at the moment. And there's just a different feel about the place now, even after Lukaku missed the penalty at the weekend. It didn't quite feel as inevitable that the final result would be a draw, whereas last season I think it would have been. So um, that that's a big advantage for them to take into it. And I don't think the first derby is until early December, and then they play, I think, Chelsea ways early November. So they're quite spread out. Uh, for them and in that respect it's it's just an, as I said earlier it's, they, had the, they had the fixture advantage last season didn't capitalise on it but I think they're much better poised to do it uh, this season what I would say about them in terms of the setup at the moment and I can see why Mourinho does want this fourth player is that I do think there is a problem at fullback still in the Valencia if he could add any finesse to his crossing would be the best right back in the world but too, more, too often he hits the first man. Uh, I saw him hit a left-footed cross against yes. Leicester. Yes. Did not reach his man, but he definitely hit it with his left foot. I think he's, he spoke to the club website this week saying about how he needs to use his left foot more as well. Only just now. Yeah. He's realised that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Still young. And, uh, and, and on the other side, Blind, who was just poor in pre-season, is, is not really convinced there so far uh, this month yet. The weird paradox there is that United suddenly look like a threat from set pieces and, and crosses. So if they're managing to get by when the, the full backs are kind of like holding them back a bit, it, it does it does suggest that they're you know, certainly well. Not, everyone knows they're heading in the right direction, but if if you get in the rub of the green like that, things things all go pretty well for them. Right, I'm going to say a stat now that I wish I'd Wikipedia'd before we started recording, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's right. Statos out there may attack me afterwards. I think the last side to win their first 10 top flight games in the season was Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Under? This would be Ron Atkinson. Correct. Wow. Season? 85-86. The Correct. Yes. yes. I think Chelsea came close to it once and I think United stopped them, didn't they? 
in yes. the 10th game? That's under Mourinho as well, wasn't it? Well, that, it would, have, would it have been, I think, Chelsea drew at Everton. I think they had a one-all draw at Everton, which might have been a couple of weeks before that. But I think they were on course to, to match that. Will Mourinho do it now? Because he won't have United to stop them. Unless they stop themselves, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it's very difficult just to be that consistent in the Premier League these days. And I know Mourinho can bore us to tears by talking about fixtures, but with the fixtures that they do have, I mean, September's a pretty hectic month as well. They've got seven games. You look at the league games they've got, and they, I don't think they should be losing any of them necessarily, but it's a tall order. And then you get into... Um, into autumn and you've got those tough games at, at Anfield and Stamford Bridge about two or three weeks apart as well so my, my gut instinct is they won't okay so we're all agreed that United have got the title wrapped up um, so we can turn our attentions to Europe which I'm sure Mourinho is uh, the draw came out last week Benfica Basel and CSK Moscow is it CSK or is it Seska I never get that what is that wherever you're from I guess people call it Seska don't they there's no way that I assumed those were initials. Yeah, I go for initials. You think they're initials? Yeah, maybe we're out of the loop. Well, people do call them Seska, don't they? Yeah, they do. That's what it is. Hipster way. Email us, let us know. Um, now, I accept United's priority is definitely the Premier League. Mourinho's priority is to get that first title since since Fergie. But Mourinho, his, he's defined by the Champions League, isn't he? Yeah. He only is what he is because of what, what he did with Porto and then with Inter Milan. Couldn't manage it with Chelsea. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on from that. Uh, <laughs> and couldn't manage it with Real Madrid no. either. And you get the feeling both those absolutely killed him not being able to do it with those. Yeah. Can he do it at United? Because his record in Champions League is amazing, isn't yeah. it? And even though I think the Real Madrid game showed us, didn't it, that they are a million miles yes. away from Real yeah. and probably a few other teams yeah. in Europe. But so were into Milan when they won it. Exactly. Probably so were Porto, weren't they? Mm. If anyone can, can Mourinho? Yeah, I think it's a, a fair argument. Um, he's he's driven by records, and you think he'd want to be the first manager to ever win it with three different teams. It'd be an absolutely outstanding achievement. And I think there's, again, another parallel to be made with how Porto and Inter, although having huge domestic success, they're real European underdogs. Um, and he built a, a team that were essentially winning to do anything for him um, on that pitch. You think of those Porto games, um, you know, obviously when they came to United, everyone remembers those, how um, they're such a great unit from, you know, George Costa through to Deco through to Benny McCarthy, Victor Bayo and goal um, with Inter, how they battled and battled, um, you know, a lot of people before they went to play Chelsea would have had Chelsea for the favourites for that game. A lot of people forget that. And Mourinho outfoxed Carlo Ancelotti. Not many can do that. Um, they went Especially up, in Europe. Yeah, exactly. And then they went to the new camp and, you know, that was a monumental effort. And it's basically looking at this United team, you know, with an average age of, you know, about 24. Do they have it in them to win a Champions League at this early stage? It's a big ask, but I don't think it's beyond them, certainly, to, to win that group. And then you're looking into the second round and you're thinking, obviously, anything can happen then, but... Um, you know, they, the Super Cup showed, albeit it's not um, a huge game, how far ahead Real Madrid are of not just United, but a host of teams. And you think of how, you know, they're on course to potentially win it for the third year running. Um, you wouldn't look beyond them at the moment, but these things can change massively. See, if I was a United fan looking at this, I would say that 
game against Real Madrid, despite mm. being outclassed, which they definitely were yeah. for the vast majority yeah. of it, they nearly got something out of that, didn't they? Mm. And that, to me, just shows you what Mourinho can do, the potential to level the playing field, even against the very, very best. You yeah. know, the, the, other than De Gea, you he, he wouldn't get a United player in that side, probably. Yeah. Maybe uh, if Pogba carries on as he is this season. But generally, that side, yeah. untouchable. Yeah. And by throwing on Fellaini, who is a figure of ridicule, from some from United fans unfairly. as well as yeah unfairly yeah. but from United yeah. fans and certainly other teams fans, he pretty much he, he leveled the playing field didn't he against the best players in the world? Yeah, and with with his Champions League triumphs as well that as is often the case with a lot of teams there was an awful lot of good luck enjoyed like the the Skulls goal which was disallowed for offside when he was clearly onside and Porto players appealed like like cricketers around a wicket. I think in the Barcelona one in 2010, there was, I think Alves should have had a penalty in the first leg and Bojan had a goal disallowed in the second. But it's, and I know some in the Catalan press have also tried to discredit that as well because they said, well, Barcelona had to travel there by coach because of the ash cloud and things like that. But he he does seem to, you know, a bit like Ferguson did, he derives superhuman levels from his players. I mean, Ferguson could make Tom Cleverley look like a Man United player, and he did it with other players as well who were not, you know, worthy of the United shirt necessarily, or certainly not good enough for it. But he didn't with Bebe. No, he certainly didn't with Bebe or Dong. Um, and I think Mourinho's got got that knack for that as well. I just think that even though those those squads that he won the Champions League with clearly weren't the best in the Champions League those seasons, the priority is still going to be the Premier League and. If it does come down to that stage where he's having to rotate so heavily to keep the players fresh, I can see him maybe prioritising the Premier League ahead of the Champions League. League? Could you see him giving up the Champions League? I I don't think I could see that. The Champions League, I don't think anybody would like to see it, any any United fan. I think with with that, it's kind of like one of those things where you could see him just chucking Fellaini in from the start and hoping he he gets a job done through it, you know, by hook or by crook. Um, and also, I mean, with the FA Cup as well. I think he said last season it was it was a blessing. He, you know, he thanked Michael Oliver for sending Herrera off because otherwise it would have been a major fixture pile up. So he does seem to get quite bogged down with the, the fixture congestion as well. But again, that was partly his fault because he allowed Schneidlin and Memphis to leave, and then he allowed Schweinsteiger to go as well without bringing anybody in to offset those departures and by the end of the season it's a different kid every week is coming into the the matchday squad I don't think that's going to necessarily happen this season even though there's likely to be a couple of players come January they'll think I'm not getting enough playing time here because the injuries only last season really started from about March onwards I'd have said so they had a pretty good run until those last couple of months of the season We've got a brilliant craft beer offer for Manchester is Red listeners We've teamed up with Beer52.com, who have a great new way to discover the best small breweries from home and abroad. And by joining their beer club, you can get expert selected case of different styles delivered to your home every month. And just for listeners of Manchester is Red, we've managed to secure an amazing deal, a case of eight mystery beers for free. It's normally £24 a case, but all you need to pay this time is £5.95 for postage. Just use the code MANU, or one word, at Beer52.com to get stuck in. A question no one would have expected if I, if this was the end of last season or even midway through the summer. Let's talk about Phil Jones. 
Now, he's been absolutely brilliant, hasn't he? Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I have been a, lot, a long-time fan of Jones. I don't know that I would go along with Fergie's uh, <laughs> claim that he's the could be the greatest player the club's ever had. Um, I was there that night when he said that, and even then I was... I did wonder, but he had a good game. I'll, yeah. I'll give him that. They had won the league, and they, they wonder, just won the league. You wonder if he yeah. had just necked a bottle of champagne. Well, before he seemed he a went little on. bit squiffy, let's <laughs> yes, say. Yes, um, understandably. No, I, I probably wouldn't have trusted him with a, a mobile phone to be dialing anyone. <laughs> but but anyway, um, does he have what it takes to be the first choice partner for Eric Bay? I think we'd all accept Bay is the mm. the number one, yeah, isn't he? Absolutely. Jones, to me this season, just looks like the ideal partner for him. The, the one stat that stood out that I saw, and I don't usually like resorting to stats, but somebody said he's got the, um, the highest passing accuracy of United player this month, which for a player whose you know, second touch is often an injury is, is pretty remarkable. But I did notice that in pre-season. When he's got the ball now, he's shown a bit more adventure, he's shown a bit more foresight with his passing. And I think Mourinho's played a big role in that in that he's given him that confidence and we saw at the start of his United career which is still by by far and away the best period he's played for the club how adventurous he was and how you know attack minded because he was playing at right back and that was the time where I think Paddy Crown said he talked to Bobby Charlton and he reminds me of Duncan Edwards and he's you know I think in hindsight Jones might have wished that hadn't have come out because he has been a figure of ridicule because of the Edwards thing, the Ferguson quote about him being the greatest player. City have the you sign Phil Jones, we sign Kunaguero Chant as well. But United put out their Player of the Month nominees for, for August. I think it was Jones, Pogba, and Matic, and I'd probably give it to Jones, even though Pogba's been excellent, Matic has been really good. I think Jones, I, I think I can't remember him making a mistake this month. And it was only on pre-season when he played with Lindelof that he looked shaky in, in Utah. As soon as he was paired with Bailly, when, it, unbeknown to us, it was clear that United got wind that he was going to be banned for two European games, that Mourinho decided, right, put these two together because they're not going to be able to play in the Super Cup. And it's just worked brilliantly. I think in those three games they played together and the other games pre-season, they didn't concede a goal, still haven't conceded a goal, so... There's absolutely no reason to drop him at the moment. And, of course, you know, I think United's next opponent is Stoke, and it was around this time last year that, that Stoke were interested in Jones. Can he realise his potential? I think it's gone to the stage where most people want him to. Um, I think with the United fans in particular, there aren't many who would wish what he's gone through on him. I, I think it's remarkable how he's bounced back many times now. You know, the a stage last season where we were having similar discussions when he put a run together and it looked like you know he was finally kicking on and now we're here again doing that but I, I think there's a lot to take from those first few games um, against Swansea he, they looked to kind of get balls over the top um, to kind of catch out his pace and he stood up to that he handled Tammy Abraham who's obviously a, a giant of a player already he did very well with that. Um, at Leicester, he had Jamie Vardy, someone who's obviously very fast. He really stood up to that again. Um, there was one moment where they clashed heads and both of them just shook it off and walked on. And I think he, he, he you know, it's a cliche. He plays with his heart on his sleeve, literally. And it's, it's just literally, yeah, literally. <laughs> you know, it's, it's there. Right I missed there. that. <laughs> um, but he, I think 
most fans want him to do well. And I think he, he's benefiting, as uh, Samuel touched on, he's got a manager who believes in him now. And I think in his career, he's only ever had three managers who believed in him. Sam Allardyce, Sir Alex Ferguson, and now Jose Mourinho. So I think the ingredients are all there for him to, to push on. And I think the club are, are kind of understanding him more in the sense, you know, if he needs to sit out a training session, he'll sit it out now. And I think he's been managed better in that sense that this whole macho play through the pain barrier all the time. I think that attitude, it shouldn't really be for him. He should have a different kind of, you know, they should look at him differently and think, well, how best can we handle him to, to ensure he plays in all these important games? And uh, I was told this time, well, last summer, amid the, the Stoke, all the Stoke talk, that Mourinho told Jones he didn't want him to go. He saw him yeah. as one of mm-hmm. one of his players. He really thought he could be... A, the top player. He yeah. looks like a Mourinho yeah. defender, yeah, doesn't he? He's, he's, you know, he's, he's, he can mix it up as, as we touched on. They can, he can keep it on the, on the floor, but he's, he's got that bruising element as well. You know, they can stand up to, to physical players and. Um, he could be his Terry, couldn't he? Uh, Say, what, 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 what era, what era, John Terry? Uh, you know, John Terry at Aston Villa is certainly better than As that. A, yeah. a warrior, a warrior, <laughs> a warrior player yes, who yes. can also play a bit. Yeah, I think um, it's quite telling as well that he went for Lindelof and not Michael Keane because yeah. Keane and Jones, obviously they're both English, but there are similarities in how that all action style, whereas Lindelof very much suits certain games and certain kind of uh, philosophies. Jones is, you know rough and tumble kind of a player in a, in a very positive way and I think that's that was the biggest show of faith really Team's afraid of United now do you think? I think I mean one of the old cliches was that they used to win games in the tunnel under Ferguson and I think they are getting back to that that standard uh, you look at certain players in that squad I mean Lukaku just to look at just to be near is is a unit really he's just a formidable presence um, Pogba as, as you say has, has upped his game this season he, he looks a lot more settled he just looks as, as I said earlier th- the pressure just doesn't seem to exist there anymore they've got players particularly through that spine that other teams would, would love to have Bai might be the bargain of the decade I think in the Premier League for, for 30 million and it was a price everybody thought at the time was steep because like Johnny Evans these days well, exactly uh, and no disrespect to Johnny Evans and Virgil van Dijk's race at 60 million so you know, by his value is probably you know, triple what United paid for him last year um, Jones has really complimented him well so far De Gea is whatever people say about Neuer he's been the best goalkeeper in the world last three or four years for me so that spine alone which Mourinho has taken a lot of time to address with with the signings in particular over the last two years is so much uh, so much stronger now whereas I think certainly under Moyes and, and even after Van Gaal's second summer it still just didn't look convincing enough and that's always been the hallmark of, of the great United sides under Ferguson having you know, a formidable spine, 94 side, 99, 2008. You have to build it on that and then it's just complementing it around the sides. And fortunately for Mourinho, his, his wide players have been very creative so far. I looked at that game against Leicester and as quickly as those United players forgot everything they learnt under Fergie as soon as Moyes walked through the door, mm. it feels like the ones who remain, like 
Phil Jones, Valencia, De Gea, they're beginning to remember again that winning feeling, that feeling of we don't lose games, we, we win them. Similar against against West Ham, first game of the season. Um, I know West Ham put up little fights, United you know, at home, they should have won, but that's what they did. That was a notable thing because what they weren't doing since Fergie left was winning those games they're supposed to win and winning them comfortably. And it just felt to me like you could have been watching a Fergie team. Well, I mean, I think West Ham's last four games at Old Trafford before that August game, they drew three of them. So that that alone is progress. I think winning, beating West Ham was always a bit of a foregone conclusion because you look at West Ham's squad, it's so flawed at the moment. There were so many issues with it. But to dismiss them the way United did and to kick on as well, I think sometimes there's an element of getting comfortable. They were 2-0 up for a long time in the second half, but then to throw Marshall on and, and go for the kill and, and essentially get to the top of the league with those two additional goals. Uh, it, it's the way, it's, it's what United supporters demand and as I said, I think they're getting back to those standards. OK, quick fire round. One, one word answers. Right. I'm talking to you, Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> OK, will United sign a player on deadline day? No. No. Will United win the league? No. No. Will Kieran wear a beret next week? (laughs) Yes. Yes? (laughs) And that'll do, I think. Speak to you next week. Bye.